It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the golf guru, golf expert, got Uncle Dave in the house. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Dave underscore Essler. You guys can always get us at thebettingpredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go. Another Tuesday, another golf podcast this week. We head to Bay Hill in Orlando, Florida for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Uh, last year's winner of this event was Scotty Scheffler. He returns this week to repeat his champion with 10-1 to odds this year's favorite. For this event, going to be John Rahm at 7-1. You guys know how we do this, Uncle Dave and I. We'll go ahead. We'll cover our first-round leaders, make a missed cut, head-to-heads, top 40s through top fives. And, of course, Uncle Dave and I will go ahead and we'll give out our winners. Uh, another good week for us last week, and that now makes four weeks in a row that Uncle Dave or I went ahead and gave out a solid winning cashing ticket. Uncle Dave, the winner last week, he had him, Chris Kirk, 28 to 1. And after all our wagers last week, we chalked it up as around, you know, plus 12 and a half, plus 13 and a half units. So we're going to go ahead and say we're about plus 40 to 45 units on the season. And here we go again, guys. You know, if you guys have been following Uncle Dave and I the last few years, this isn't really anything unusual. Um, I mean, it, it seems like we're actually pretty good at this stuff. So hopefully we can go ahead and keep it going for you guys. Uh, Uncle Dave, I'm sure you watched the final round there at the Honda. It was a rather crazy finish. How were you feeling there as you were watching the drama unfold? Because I didn't even want to text you because uh, I was afraid to jinx the whole damn thing. Uh, well, it's funny. I, I, I laughed when you just said it seems like we're pretty good at this. <laughs> so, um, but uh, I was watching it, and I was feeling pretty good for a while, and then I was feeling pretty bad, and I was feeling pretty good. And whenever Kirk hit that second shot into the water on 18, I, I just completely lost it. Um, you know, I figured, I figured it was going to be a two-shot swing. It wouldn't even be, wouldn't even be a playoff. But you know, anybody that watched it saw it. And Cole went ahead and made a relatively big mistake, sticking one in the trap and leaving himself a tough one. So, you know, it was it's the usual 18th hole drama. It just happened to fall our way this week. It did, and I think Cole not being able to get out of the trap, that obviously, you know, that, that set us up, and then Kirk ended up spiking one there right at the end and then stuck it. I mean, he wasn't within probably, what, 10 inches from the cup, so um, it was nice. My buddy was with me here, Uncle Dave, and he had the same ticket you had. You know, he was talking about it for two days, you know, about how well he played, and he was all excited. He came over, and we were watching it, and he was furious when he stuck it in the water. He almost packed up his stuff and left because he thought it was over. And I'm just like, just relax. Sure enough, Cole goes ahead and sticks it in the bunker. So he gave us a little bit of life. But, you know, that's how it goes. So some of these aren't as easy as you guys think they might be. But, um, you know, kudos Uncle Dave going ahead and knocking out another winner. So now we're going for five weeks in a row. You know, that we're going to go ahead and try to cash either a winning ticket or a first-round leader for you. But we'll give you guys everything in between. We'll start out with our first-round leaders there, Uncle Dave. Let me go ahead and lead out. Victor Hovland, 40-1, first-round leader. Very good first-round scoring average. Finished second here last year, and he was off last week. So he should be fresh. He should be comfortable, ready to go for this one. He's made 15 straight cuts. So his game right now is certainly in the right place. I think he pounces on the field here early. So I'll go ahead. I'll play Victor Hovland, first-round leader, 40-1. to Then the other one I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take, I'm going to take Seamus Power, 70-1, first-round leader. This guy's a very good first-round scoring guy as well. He's made eight straight cuts and has been in the top 25 
in every one of those eight cuts, including a win. Now, he was cut here last year, and I think that that might actually perk him up to go ahead and come out here strong, start out fast. And at 70-1, to 1, I think you got to have at least a shot here on Seamus Power to go ahead and, and finish with a nice first round. So I'm going to go ahead and play Victor Hoglund, 40-1, to 1, Seamus Power, 71 to be your first round leaders. That's what I got there, Uncle Dave. What are you looking at for first round leaders this week? Yeah, I'm kind of glad you threw a little bit on Seamus Power because he was somebody that I was looking at, and you mentioned that he missed the cut last year. And I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that without looking here that that was probably his first time at that course, or at least his first time at that course in a competitive round. So, you know, I, I, I can kind of overlook that a little bit. Um, but one of my first round leaders, you're going to be – Maybe a little surprised here, Sleepy. It was Victor Hovland at forty to one. You know, uh, not to sort of reiterate more more stats, uh, but I like him too. And one of the reasons I, I didn't take him to win, and you know, a lot of people like him this week, is that um, he's not a great putter. Um, but then again, you know, I looked at his putts per round, and on on Thursdays, there he's sixteenth on tour, and, and he gets worse from there. So. I took him first round leader and not to win um, for that reason. Um, and I'm hoping for early tee times here. I, they aren't out yet. I don't like giving out first round leaders without tee times. But, you know, the wind's starting to pick up in Orlando. And, um, you know, Thursday afternoon will definitely be winter. I, I'm almost certain. I mean, almost as always the case is the first round leader oftentimes comes from the, the early morning tee times, or at least the morning tee times. And, I think that would be more, even more so the case here. And uh, it's supposed to get super windy on Friday afternoon. Um, so I think that, I mean, super windy, like, you know, blowing gusts of 35. So I think what I want to do uh, for my winners, and, again, we don't have tee times, is and if I add any first-round leaders or winners, I'll, I'll, I'll tweet them out uh, when I retweet this. And um, I think the winner, you're going to want somebody that um, – Play, maybe plays plays late Friday. It might not be a first round leader, but plays early. Uh, plays late Thursday rather, but but plays uh, early Friday because uh, I think Friday afternoon guys are going to really really struggle. Um, so I like Justin Rose at seventy five to one. You know he's he's thirty first uh, in first round scoring, and uh, he's also a good win player uh, if there should be any win. So. You know, if he has an early tee time, I really like that one. The other one I'm throwing out there is uh, I'm going to use your boy as the guy that I'm betting that he probably shouldn't. JJ Spawn, 110 to one. Um, he opened last year with a with a five under, which was good for second behind Rory. Um, then he proceeded to shoot plus 13 for the next three days, um, which of course is why he's 110 to one. But you know that's not atypical for Spawn since he's ninth in first round scoring to begin with. But if, if you look back at last year, there were a lot of guys that didn't do well over the weekend. Why? Because it was windy. So I think we're going to see more of the same this week. So I agree with you on Hovland. I took Rose. I took uh, Spawn. And if I find any more when the tea times come out this afternoon, I'll be happy to share them on Twitter. All right. Well, good stuff there from Uncle Dave. There's your first round leaders. Let's jump into make and miss the cut. Uncle Dave, I hit another one there last week. A little bit chalky, but I think I'm going for like four or five weeks in a row with these. So. I feel like I'm biting off maybe a little bit more than I can chew with this one. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play Tom Kim to miss the cut at plus 250. This is not an easy course by any means. And Tom Kim, he's never been here before. I think Tom Kim is good and all of what people are saying, but 
He's just, he's never been here. And he's now struggled in the last two events in the bigger tournaments, T50 at Phoenix, T42 at the Genesis. So Kim's been floating a little bit around the cut line. I won't be surprised if he gets cut here. I would rather have somebody that has experience at this course. And this is a pretty big event. So maybe a little bit too much gets to him. I'm not sure. But I, I honestly don't like the experience. I don't like what I've seen from him the last two tournaments. The fact that he's been floating a little bit around the cut line. So uh, I figure at plus 250, why not? I'll take a shot with him. I didn't like any any of the make the cut stuff or any of the other missed the cut stuff. Uh, some of the prices were just a, a little outrageous. So that's what I went with. Tom Kim, the missed the cut. Yeah, plus 250. Not sure if you ventured into this area there, Uncle Dave, for this week, but if you did, what do you got? Yeah, I did not. Um, I simply ran out of time before we had to record this, but um, for what it's worth, I do agree with your logic there on Tom Kim. So, you know, maybe I'll put half of one of your units on that one too. But I do I do think when the way you talk that through, uh, I'm convinced. All right, good stuff with that. Let's jump to our head-to-heads there. I was looking at head-to-heads late last night, early this morning, and I I needed to do more work. But there was one that I found uh, actually yesterday morning I was going through this one, and this one was on DraftKings, guys. This is going to be a three ball. So it's for the tournament. It's going to be Ricky Fowler over Chris Kirk and over Aaron Wise at plus 175. Like I said, I was looking for other head-to-heads, and I want to find some head-to-heads with Ricky that's involved. But this one here makes sense to me. Kirk just won, so I can only expect some type of a letdown for him for this tournament. Fowler, kind of hit and miss at this particular joint. Now, he's missed the cut here the last two years. But as I said in the past podcast, I think we want to be playing on Fowler right now. And we want to be playing on guys like uh, Jason Day. And we want to be playing on guys like Chris Kirk, as Uncle Dave mentioned last week. You know, these were guys that, that kind of had some struggles over their last couple years of their lives and things like that. And sometimes when you kind of poke the bear, especially guys like this, and some of the best golfers in the world, um, they're going to wake up. And I think that these three guys in particular um, have woke up. Fowler, he looks great right now. Three straight events in the top 20. I don't know, Uncle Dave. I went back and I looked and I, I stopped. I just kind of got tired of looking. But you got to probably go back many years to find a three-run tournament where Ricky was inside the top 20. Now, as far as Aaron Wise is concerned, not that bad, but he's fallen off in his last three events, two cuts, and he did have a T29 last week, and he has one good finish here. It was a T17 finish. Uh, I actually think Ricky's live for this tournament, believe it or not. I think maybe top 10 or top 20 ticket isn't that bad of an idea either. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to use this. Again, this is a three-ball ticket at DraftKings. Ricky Fowler over Chris Kirk and Aaron Wise at plus 175. And if I find anything else, I'll probably find other head-to-heads that I like. I'll put that out on my Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. But Uncle Dave, head-to-heads for this week, what are you looking at? Well, I'm, I'm beginning to think you saw my notes, Sleepy. Um, I took Ricky Fowler minus 130 over Aaron Wise, so you, you've done my my audience educating for me, so I don't need to go into that anymore. Um, and I took Billy Horschel over Alex Noren. Uh, I didn't want to because Billy played pretty well last week, but, you know, as we've said before, he's back in Florida. Um, he's done well at this course, and, and Norrin hasn't. Norrin's done okay, but he hasn't sort of gotten over that hump, if you will. So those are the two, Billy Ho over Alex Norrin, and once again, I agree with Sleepy, Reggie Fowler over Aaron Wise. 
All right. Well, that makes me feel good that you're on Ricky. But as far as the Billy Ho ticket there, I'm with you with that one. Alex Noren has kind of fallen off a little bit. You know, he came in hot, you know, prior to the Phoenix. And I think that that's one of the things that we were identifying with him is that he maybe maybe he was like a play on guy. And I think that we were playing on him at the right time. But after a couple of tournaments, Uncle Dave, I think jumping off this guy now is the right thing to do. You know, if he wakes up, hey, he wakes up. But in my opinion, I don't feel like we can really waste any more money on him right now. But, you know, he, he was golfing pretty good. But now I think is the right time to fade. And I think Billy Ho was – I think he was kind of taking a couple events to wake up. And generally he wakes up when the bigger events come around. And now I think you're catching you're catching Horschel at the right time and fading Norn at the right time as well. So uh, let's talk some top 40s through top fives. Uncle Dave, I didn't find many in here that I liked. Here's the one that I'm going with. I'm going to go with Jason Day, top 20, plus 125. Day's been absolutely sizzling this season. Eight top 25 finishes. Seven of those are inside the top 18. He has a win here. He's always been solid here. His accuracy has actually been on point this year, but his putting has been lights out at this particular venue. Fading him in any type of bet, I think is is just, it's certainly not recommended. And I think you have to look to play on him. And look, I know the payout isn't great at plus 125 for a top 20 ticket, but I think that there's a reason why it's priced the way that it is. And I think it's because he's golfing the best maybe that we've ever seen. So I'm taking Jason Day there, Uncle Dave, top 20 at plus 125. That's all I have for my top 40s through top fives. Again, if I find anything, I'll go ahead. I'll tweet that out. But that's what I'm looking at for my top 40s through top fives there, Uncle Dave. What are you doing? Are you looking over my shoulder again, Sleepy? <laughs> you know, um, I took Jason Day, top 20, plus 125. You know, I almost played him top 10, plus 285, and I may do that too, but I don't want to be too greedy. I mean, you just you just went down the list and um, – He's actually fifth in shots getting total and 11th in total driving. I, mean, I actually think he can win, uh, but top 20 seemed like free money to me. Uh, and he's also a good win player, which being from Australia makes perfect sense. So, you know, I we should make that our double best bet of the week. Um, but I'll leave that up to you, boss. Um, okay, let's see if I can I can catch my breath and, and go through all these guys. You know, you know I have a lot, but last week I had a lot that just missed. Uh, but I had one. I had Sepp Straka at uh, plus 450 that kind of saved my my top 20 list there uh, last week. Otherwise, it would have only been Kirk at 28 to one. But Adrian Baronk, <clears throat> excuse me, um, top 20 plus 360, and I bet him top 40 as well. Um, and I didn't know much about this guy. I was looking down the odds sheet, and I saw his odds were similar to you know guys like Billy Horschel and Russell Henley and Adam Hadwin. So I did some digging. You know, the, the kid won the Irish Open. He's not a kid. I guess he's 28. He also won the Australian Open, so he can play in the wind. And he actually had a, a very quiet T14 last week, which was up from a T45 at the Genesis. So, well, I don't know much about him. Enough people seem to. And, you know, as I said, if he can do well in Australia, he can do well in the wind here. So, Adam Aronk, um, Terrell Hatton. <clears throat> I like the U.K. guys that have seen plenty of wind. He has only... One tour win, which actually did surprise me, but it kept me off anything higher. Um, he has finished T10 or better in about 25% of his events. Uh, it's just the winning that's been sort of not there. Um, and he's right up there in shots gain total and driving accuracy. And, and he needs to hit greens because his short game around the greens can kind of suck. But top 20 plus 150. Um, 
I hesitated here, but I don't want to jump off the horse just yet on Adam Spencer, top 20 plus 500, or top 40 plus whatever it is. I haven't looked yet um, because he struggled a bit, and I don't I don't like that 74 he shot last Sunday, uh, but perhaps that was the outlier because he's otherwise, otherwise played seven great rounds, including last weekend, the Genesis. Um, Corey Connors, top 20 plus 260. Um, he's kind of fallen off a little bit, but he's done really well at this course. And, you know, 80 to 1 to win, I strongly considered it. But, you know, it is a pretty heavy field, and the recent form isn't there. You know, the, the kid's still 37th in the world golf rankings and hasn't missed a cuss, cut since last September. Um, so he's got everything we need to win, except his punting is suspect. So I'm going to stick with with the top here. Um, Sanjay M, top 20 plus 140. I mean, maybe he felt the pressure last week of being the pre-flop favorite. I don't know. He's he's still 17th in shots gained total. He's long off the tee, but he can be a little uh, inaccurate off the tee, if you will. Uh, but he's also third in sand saves. He has a great short game, uh, which makes out what I think is his talent is better than these odds. And you know I'm going to use Max somewhere. Um, I almost wanted to use him to win again. And, uh, top 10 plus 230. I mean, he's 12th in shots gained. Tina Green uh, was 10th here two years ago and 17th last year. Uh, and he has no pressure. He's already won twice this year. Uh, we're asking the eighth-ranked player in the world just to play his game and not do something he hasn't already done. So those would be my top guys, Sleepy. All right there, Uncle Dave. Um, the one that I do agree with probably more than any is the Corey Connors. And the reason why is because I went ahead and went with a nationality prop. Uh, top Canadian Corey Connors plus 275. I actually think he comes back in a big way here, Uncle Dave Connors. He's been good here in his last two visits, third and 11th. And he was cruising along, you know, prior to the last two events. And if you go back and you just look, you know, what he's done here, six straight events in the top 25, but the Genesis and Phoenix kind of, I guess you could kind of say they went the other way for him. Now he did take the week off and I think he comes in here primed and ready. And he's going to have to beat a good bit of Canadians here, but I can see probably four out of the six Canadians potentially missing the cut. The two guys that I think are going to give him maybe a little bit of run for his money will be Nick Taylor and Adam Hadwin. Hadwin was cut here last year, and he had one of the worst putting tournaments maybe in his entire career. And I wonder if that kind of messes with his head. So I think at plus 275 for Corey Connors to be the top Canadian, I think we probably have to do that. And I found that one um, on DraftKings. So really like the Connors pick there, Uncle Dave. Now, we do have our winners coming up here. I'm not sure if you have any other props or anything to get into there, Uncle Dave. But our winners are set up to be next there. But do you have anything else you want to get into? I did take a top Englishman. I took uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick at plus 240. And I know I'm kind of hedging against guys I've used elsewhere, like maybe Rose and Hatton. But you know, good value here for a guy with a tough start to the season. But he's finished T10 or better at this tournament the last four years in a row. So you can't ignore the fact that, you know, he's been he's been marginal at best uh, the first couple of months. So I, I had no choice. And I like your comment. You know, I think we kind of have to here when you were talking about Corey Connors. It, it's kind of like, well, we got so many units ahead. Yeah, we can, we can do that, you know. <laughs> Not worried about losing another one. So, yeah, uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, top Englishman, at plus 240. 
All right, good stuff there, Uncle Dave. And I'm kind of glad that we're agreeing on a lot of guys because it feels like you and I have already hit our stride. And the fact that we're, you know, naming some of the same guys, seeing some of the same things and the results that we've been getting the last couple of weeks makes me feel pretty good that we might actually knock out another strong tournament. So with that said, let's get into our winners. My gut feeling says you're going to have one of these guys there, Uncle Dave. I'm going with Matthew Fitzpatrick, 36 to 1. It's kind of hard for me not to pull the trigger here on Fitzpatrick. He's been very good here. Five straight top 10 finishes here at the Arnold Palmer. And this could be one of the venues that Matthew Fitzpatrick actually has circled. He took off last week, so he's going to come into this one rested. And he's coming off of a cut at the Genesis. And I think that that motivates the hell out of him. I feel like the odds are fair at 36 to 1. They might actually be spot on. But you got to have something on him for this tournament because it's a, he's just about as good as it gets here. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to use him to win. If you want to use him anywhere else, I think that's perfectly fine. So Matthew Fitzpatrick, 36 to 1. Then I'll go with Keegan Bradley, 75 to 1. I haven't used Bradley in a long time uh, to win. But he's got a lot of experience here, and he's coming off of a cut. I think that that motivates the hell out of him as well. He's been really good this season, pretty much so far. And he finished the last two years here, T10, T11. As I said, another guy with a week's rest. Bradley, on occasion, he has issues with his putting. But for some reason, this venue actually makes his putting better. He has some of his best putting stats at this particular course. So I think he should be comfortable. I think he will come in here confident. So I'm only going to give out two winners there this week, Uncle Dave. I'm going to give it out Matthew Fitzpatrick, 36 to 1. Keegan Bradley, 75 to 1. That's what I got. What are you looking at? Are you looking over my shoulder again, Sleepy? Nope. <laughs> I got Keegan Bradley as one of them. Um, you know, you mentioned how well he's done here uh, the last couple of years, and you can't ignore that. I mean, he's – He's made the cut in his last 10 appearances here. So, you know, one of the things he he has in his game that I really like for this week is he's sixth in approach shots from over 200 yards, which is another reason this course suits him. So, you know, aside from what you you went ahead and said, you know, he's the 21st-ranked golfer in the world. Uh, and if you look at his stats across his name, off, uh, you know, he'd be no worse than 40 to 1. So at 75 to 1, I had to do it too. Uh my chalk guy, that's not Rory Romer or Scheffler, Colin Morikawa, 20 to 1. He's had four top 25s this season in just seven events, and I think this is a course for him. Uh, he's third in driving accuracy, which never sucks. He's really good with his long irons from 200 to 225. He's actually fifth, to be precise. And as I just mentioned with Bradley, that's a skill we're going to need. So, again, the talent uh, is better than 20 to 1, even with this field. And my other long shot, um, I'm loving UK guys that are used to playing in the wind for starters. Uh, and this guy's stats support this. He's 19th in shots game total, 20th in shots game putting, and very good with his long approach shots. He didn't hit it long, but he's also 22nd in driving accuracy. So that should keep him from the huge mistakes. And, and this is a tournament that pars are good things. You know, it's not going to be a birdie fest like it has been. And his name is Justin Rose at 90 to one. Now there's other guys that, that are, you know, fairly big names that I wanted to use and didn't, but you know, I have to, I have to make the limit somewhere. And Zalatoris, a lot of people like, uh, Cam Young, I almost used, I like Cantley, but I haven't put him anywhere yet. Um, Hideki was like 60 to one. And I'm thinking that's kind of crazy. Uh, Justin Thomas, I like, and I like Chris Kirk as well. So, 
you know, those are the ones I didn't officially bet that I, I do think I'll, I'll end up, I'll end up having somewhere uh, between now and tomorrow morning, what's the Tuesday, now and Thursday morning. So uh, that's it. I'm at the end of my list, buddy. All right. Well, hopefully, um, hopefully you guys got enough wagers out of Uncle Dave. And I mean, we agreed on quite a bit for this podcast. The only one, Uncle Dave, that, that I wanted to pull the trigger on, and I didn't again, is Sahith Tagala. Yeah. I think he's just improving each and every time he steps out there on the course. Um, and I just, sometimes I just don't know where to put him. It's like, you know, do, I don't know. Maybe I have to see him win, which is, is crazy to think because a lot of these guys don't win. But for some reason, I, I, I wanted to go ahead and, and find a spot. You know what? Maybe I'll just I'll put a ticket on him top 20. If it comes in, it'll keep me from thinking that, I don't know, that, that he's just not going to end up, you know, cashing a ticket for me. I don't know. But he's the one guy that I was certainly thinking about. So hopefully you guys do well this week. That'll wrap up the podcast uh, for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. You guys know where to find us on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame at Dave underscore Essler. You guys could always get us at thebettingpredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the games. <laughs>